good time of day. It's another episode of the Marcus Woodard Show coming to you live on whatever mechanism you are using to listen to this. Uh, I am, as you may have guessed, Marcus Woodard. Uh, welcome to another enthralling episode. We will have questions from donors this evening. Yes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, uh, we will have the monologue and a matter of pressing business. Two people, two very nice people, have approached me and asked about doing uh, theme music for this very show. Uh, one of them was a former student when I worked at a local school and does uh, some electronic music and has done so for a podcast. His name is Parker Combs, and he is a rad dude. The other is a person is a member of an electronic band called Glitch Cake and based out of the New York City. Uh, I went to high school with her. Her name is Kat Tingen, Tingham, excuse me, and she is also a rad dudette. So I listened to both a little bit here and there. Um, they're both into electronic music. Um, that's fine. I like that. Um, I, I just am not uh, super sure what I want, and their, their styles are vaguely similar. Um, and I like them both. Um, so if I can, maybe, can I get a 30 second bit from you guys, um, in the next two weeks with, uh, what it might be like is if that's not enough time or if it's too much, um, let me know. We can, uh, we can see where that goes. Um, let's kind of keep it happy and upbeat, start the show on a good high note and, uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, and now onto the monologue. Um, I've noticed that recently we've been rebooting uh, a lot of things um, in terms of TV and, well, movies. That's been going on for a while, but TV specifically. Um, we're rebooting Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. That's going on Netflix. Um, you can find the old episodes if you want to relive the early to mid-2000s on Amazon Prime for two bucks a pop for, like, a few of the later seasons. Um, I found myself kind of reflecting on where I guess I don't want to speak for uh, all people, all gay people, but it seems uh, that 2002, uh, when that show, as I recall, first started, I was a, a, C- a freshman in high school. I was very young. Um, that was kind of when gay people first, they've been coming out for a long time, slowly, but sure. this was a major mainstream TV show for uh, Will and Grace had always been there, but um, it it was always just sort of it was the, one of the first times I remember gay people being out there. Of course, there were you know a million other examples, and I'm not writing a comprehensive thing. Uh, you know, I'm just these are my recollections. You can get your own podcast. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Um, but I I just for some reason I'm reminded of an episode of South Park from that era where they were, the Queer Eye guys were actually crab people, and people were getting mad that gay culture was being appropriated, and I think now that might be something somebody might bring up. Um, I I don't know if that's good or bad, I I just think it's something that's kind of, that may be thought about. Um, We're also rebooting Murphy Brown, from about 30 years ago into the probably, I think it, I looked it up, it debuted in 1988 and it left in 1998. Um, it seemed to be, um, as I can find, it's not on Prime or Netflix or, uh, I don't subscribe to Hulu, so I didn't check there. 
Um, it seems to be like the newsroom, but meant to be funny in an 80s, 90s sitcom kind of way. Um, I thought it it looks funny. I saw a couple clips on YouTube. Um, and I think it's where future civilizations will go when they want to ask the question, what did the 80s and 90s really look like? Well, it looked like there were a lot of shoulder pads uh, and teased out hair and a lot of brown suits and large ugly ties for men. Um, I, I thought it looked fine. Um, I thought there were a couple funny things. Um, they made they took on that intellectual titan Dan Quayle, which okay, I'm in. That's funny. Let's do it. Um, but going back to that, it seemed like uh, just a funny version of the newsroom, uh, which I'm all for because it was written by Aaron Sorkin, and as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Sorkin can do no wrong. Once again, Aaron Sorkin created the West Wing. We're gonna talk about him on this show. Hashtag sorry not sorry. Uh, Roseanne was a, a great show that I think, as far as I can tell, had being somebody who grew up in a middle-class-ish sort of uh, background, this seemed like an accurate kind of portrait of a, of a lower middle-class family. Um, it was funny. It was smart, but not HBO smart, where it's like, oh, if you don't get it, it's because you're stupid. It was a, oh, yes, oh, okay. Let's let's dig a little deeper. Okay, yeah, I see. I see where they're going on ABC here, late '80s, early '90s. Once again, um, it covered a lot of things. Um, it covered, you know, how raising children, and you know, budgeting and family issues and striving for the American dream and a lot of things that we're still struggling with, uh, all these years later, which I think is good. Interesting, certainly. Um, so I like it. I, I, I'm nervous for it because all these shows, as far as I can tell, or at least the ones I saw, I saw Roseanne, I saw uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy here and there. Um, I, I'm worried that it's not going to live up to that sort of potential of how great we remember it. Like, don't don't revisit. Don't rewatch a lot of things. Once in a while, find something that you really liked and rewatch it. Just see if it holds up. Uh, some things do not. Power Rangers. Power Rangers movie does not hold up. Uh, I tried to do that once. I lasted about three minutes. I'm like, this was garbage. Why? What was I thinking? What was nine-year-old Marcus thinking? Why did he drag? I owe my parents an apology for dragging them to that movie. That was a terrible afternoon. It's not like a Disney movie. There's like, uh, you know, where everybody can enjoy it. Like, oh, there's a couple of jokes for the adults. They're like, oh, the kids aren't going to get that joke. Ha ha ha. Yay. Smart Disney. Um, we're also rebooting Mitt Romney. Uh, he announced last week, uh, that he's running for Senate in Utah. Uh, Mitt Romney, born and raised in Michigan, governor of Massachusetts, and now wants to be Senator from Utah. Draw your own conclusions there. Uh, it seems sort of odd to me. Uh, he seems, he seems like a nice, pleasant guy, nice, pleasant guy. I mean, you know, has anybody ever met a mean kind of Mormon I'm always kind of afraid of, like, you know, making those kind of generalizations, but how is that offensive? What, uh, who, who is going to call, what Mormon is going to call me out and say, hey, hey, we got some Mormons who can be dicks too. Have you met Chris? He's a jackass, okay? We don't like him. We wish he would leave, but that would be mean and rude, so we're not going to do that. Um, they also seem to have large, large, 
large families. Um, it just seems like if he wants to win Utah, he just needs to appeal to the six or seven families, and then just then that's how he takes it. I think he could also lead a split in the GOP, uh, which I think would be uh, interesting as somebody who does not currently enjoy the current president. Uh, the Speaker of the House was the vice presidential candidate under Mitt Romney last go around, and I don't think a lot of Republicans really like Donald Trump. Uh, they they just they like him more than they hate Democrats, if that makes sense. Uh, hold on, they like him. Yeah, they like him more than they don't like Democrats. Um, Mitt Romney seems like an intelligent guy. Um, he seems, he seems like he could have a civil discussion with you. He's, would be willing to negotiate. And, um, I I just want to say, I'm not saying I want him to win. Um, but it's Utah. Come on. It's a, it's a red state. It's not, it's not a state we're going to be competitive in. Um, but then again, Alabama elected a Democratic senator for the first time in 20 years, so I guess anything's probably possible. Uh, moving on now, uh, we have a, a donor question from an anonymous donor. Uh, question one, uh, and I quote, Why don't uh, they taste as good as they used to? They being the, the conversation hearts that you get around Valentine's Day. I, anonymous, Swear the boxes that showed up in our classroom Valentine's bags were amazing, especially the white and yellow ones. The bag I picked up this year had the flavors all wrong. Um, I, I'm honestly not sure. Um, I'm not a, as, as I've said, I'm not a huge fan of them. Uh, I'm going to guess maybe we, we changed up the formula and used high fructose corn syrup instead of sugar. Seems, seems like a way to, uh, that food companies are going like, yeah, let's get rid of sugar. That's expensive. Let's use this stuff. Um... No one will notice, except, well, these, and but they do notice because now we have to have the throwback Pepsi, which, and throwback Mountain Dew and all the other things, which, I'm sorry, not worth it. Um, if you're at a gas station with your friends and you see a bottle, um, go ahead, reach into your pocket, split up some pocket change to scrape together a buck and a half and buy a can or a bottle and then split it between the four or five of you. And that's about as much as you want to do. When I worked at a gas station, um, whenever there was a new energy drink or a new food, uh, the, whoever was working at the time, we would be like, all right, let's all split a bag of this. And it was fine. Um, the chips, uh, chips were always a big gamble. I was like, oh, that's not any good. Let's not get those ever again. Uh, energy drinks, I'm like, I don't know. This is bad. There is not enough vodka in the world to make this drinkable. Um. Uh, and on that note, um, going back to how things used to be, um, Coke in a wax cup. Does anybody remember this? There was like a, a paper cup and it had kind of a wax inside. And whenever you got a fountain pop with that, that was, that was flavor country. That was good times. Um, I, I just hope uh, people remember that. And I hope that some savvy marketing person is listening. Cause I would totally throw down for that. Uh, question number two. If actors land a Broadway show while attending New York Academy of Dramatic Arts or Juilliard, 
Do they quit school or take some kind of leave? I can't imagine a production would be willing to work around a student's schedule, even if he or she was a lead. Um, I think that's fair. Um, I would guess if you go to Juilliard and you kind of and you get into a Broadway show, I think that's kind of. I'm not sure you would want to go back to school. Maybe you get some leave. Maybe you get uh, some sort of practical credit. Um, I would imagine you're just like, well, you went to Juilliard. The aim of Juilliard, you're not going to Juilliard to work at Chanhassen. You're going to Juilliard or the London Academy of Dramatic Art or whatever, you know, high top tier school is. You want to do it because you want to go to the big leagues. Um, and you kind of made it. It's kind of, I would guess, it's kind of like... Uh, playing for Alabama football or Duke or North Carolina basketball and you suddenly get a call up to go to the majors like yep I don't need this anymore we're done thanks though um and then I think that I would guess that's how that works um I would guess it would depend on the school I guess it would depend on how big your role is if producers would be willing to accommodate rehearsals um maybe they'd move some around they probably wouldn't need you all day uh, if you're in a if you're an 18 to 22 year old unless you're lead role is an 18 or 22 year old, but, um, I'm just thinking about, uh, recent, some recent things, uh, rabbit hole with the, uh, high school junior aged character who could be played probably by somebody in his twenties. Um, I'll bet he just said, well, I got what I wanted. And he's gone on to fame and fortune. His name is John Gallagher jr. Um, he was also one of the original cast members of the musical spring awakening. And he's gone on to be on, TV and movies, so uh, I think he kind of got what he wanted to get out. I'm not sure if he graduated, but I don't know if uh, he's really... I don't think he need, I think he's fine. Um, that would be my guess. I l Let's be clear, I don't want to encourage people to drop out, but um, it's kind of what you wanted, and you got it, so uh, you're welcome for not giving you a bunch of student loan debt. Uh, that's all we have for today. If you donated through the GoFundMe, uh, please send your questions. Or um, if you were going to submit uh, theme music, send that to the Marcus Woodard Show, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you very much. My name is Marcus Woodard. And remember, we are one day closer to Woodard 2040.